Hello and thank you for joining us on Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm your host Brandon Yates and with me as always are my two fantastic co-hosts Yang Guang and Tian Yu. And today we will be talking about football. We're going to be covering a couple of topics including the Asian Cup which starts very very soon and of course is of huge interest to us being based in China. But unfortunately we do have to start with some rather sad news. One of the greats of European and world football, Franz Beckenbauer, De Kaiser, one of the most iconic footballers of not just his generation, but probably of all time. Yang Guang, Franz Beckenbauer, you know, uh, of world football has unfortunately passed away at the age of 78. Um, I guess from our side of things, we haven't seen much footage of him, you know, I suppose similar to, you know, the likes of Pele. Mm. Um, you know, we've got access to some pretty modern footage of the likes of Maradona. Um, but when you think of, you know, that 70s, 60s generation, uh, Pele, uh, you know, Beckenbauer, etc., there isn't much that we can see. But we, you know, I think most football fans are aware of who he is, um, just purely because of the legendary status that he holds. So do any stories about him come to mind or any tributes that you can think of that, you know, can summarize uh what the man meant to to global football not just in germany but to you know fans around the world yeah um you're <clears throat> totally right i haven't seen any live footage of beckenbauer but um i guess his name just um is now a label of um a, of a legend in football mm. and i have to say i'm more impressed um with beckenbauer's coaching career um than his career of a professional football player really yeah, Beckenbauer had said he would never coach a team once he retired as a player. But um, the first time he coached, he led the team to winning the World Cup trophy. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And he, he seemed, <laughs> no, but like, because I think because of his iconic status and what he achieved as a player with that team, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hit and miss. So with him, it, it really worked out because he obviously... I don't know what his coaching credentials were like at that stage, but because of his iconic status, you probably find that he was really able to motivate the players. Yeah. And he probably mm. had some really technically gifted coaches around him. And you probably find that he was the figurehead of getting the players to do things that they probably thought that they couldn't do. Argentina tried something similar with Maradona at the mm. 2010 FIFA World failed. Cup in yeah, South yeah, Africa, yeah. and it didn't work out. But clearly it worked out for, uh, for Beckenbauer and yeah. for West Germany. Beckenbauer was not even a certified coach uh, when he took charge of West Germany. And the team then had strict rules that all its professional coaches must graduate <laughs> from the coaching school of the West German Football Association. And the minute the team won the World Cup, he resigned uh, from the post. And Jeez, uh, that's a mic drop moment. <laughs> Achieve the best thing that I can possibly do. Boom. See you guys later. Yeah, yeah. I love and, that. And only after winning the tournament did Beckenbauer receive his coaching license <laughs> from the FA in an ordinary manner. Literally did things in reverse. So yeah. went out and achieved the greatest title you can possibly achieve and then decided to get his coaching badge. Normally yeah. it's the other way around. <laughs> Is to me the most interesting part of Beckenbauer's life. As yeah, because a coach. it just defies the odds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to do something like that, um, like you said, it, it, it bent all the rules um, and it was a massive gamble, but it really paid off. And I think it just shows you that as talented as he was as a player, 
going into a managerial role and it sounded like something that he didn't necessarily want to do. Maybe he did at that point, but it wasn't a part of his plan when he, you know, retired from football, as you mentioned. And he felt it's his responsibility. Yeah. So you probably showed that. that. Yeah. So that that's another example of what a great leader he is, because mm-hmm. even though he was doing something that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with or wanted to do, because he felt it was his duty, yeah. he was able to go on and achieve great success. And it, it, it shows you that as talented as he was as a player, he clearly also had something more about him that, you know, led to his success. And I yeah. think that you probably find as a captain, he was a great motivator. Yeah. And he, it seems like he was able to take that into his managerial career as well mm. and um, achieve, you know, such incredible success. Tianyu, from your side, you look at the man, you look at his achievements, mm-hmm. um, you know, just on paper. Wow, what a career, um, you know, as a manager and particularly as a player. Any standouts from your side that you think that uh, will be remembered for for generations? Oh well, yeah, first of all, winning a World Cup as a player is extremely difficult. Yes, Something so. you know, countless players around the world have been coveting for their entire career. Mm-hmm. Cristiano, but, yeah, <laughs> but winning the World Cup title twice as a player and then as a coach would be a you know a long shot. And yet Beckenbauer did it. Beast he, mode. Yeah, he's one of the three people, along with uh, Mario Zagallo of Brazil and Didier Deschamps of France, that managed to do so. Mm. So, yeah, I think that was an excellent achievement that makes him stand out among all other players. Absolutely. And and also as a player, Beckenbauer has unbelievable talent, of course. He was originally a midfielder, and but he spent the majority of his career playing as a center back. Mm, and, the opposite of Kimmich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what makes him uh, his playing style unique is he has changed the role of a traditional defender mm. by playing effectively as a deep-lying sweeper who, mm. who is mm. allowed to roam forwards and start attacks whenever there's an opportunity. Yeah. I think the Italians perfected that, but yeah. uh, Beckenbauer was definitely one of the, the originals mm. in terms of creating that role and making it so vital uh, yeah. for teams to be able to have um, a football playing defender, not someone, not someone that can just tackle, but someone that can also play the game yeah. and also start counterattacks. Yeah, play really participating in attacks yeah. when you are perfectly uh, finishing the tasks of defender as a defender. Yeah, yeah. it kind of changed the role of a defender. Um, yeah. I think in the in you know the the real formative years of professional football, mm-hmm. defenders weren't necessarily seen as needing to have the ability to. Um, you know, create any sort of yeah. uh, momentum for attacks. They were just meant to stop attacks. Mm-hmm. And Beckenbauer was one of the iconic players that changed that role. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's something that remains to this day. You can't you can't just be a defender anymore. You have to be yeah. um, a footballer that can tackle. Yeah, as as a defender, he plays with unusual poise and elegance uh, a trait you can hardly see in today's center backs so i think mm, uh, yeah. virgil van dyke yeah, might yeah. have something to say about that <laughs> and john stones yeah um <laughs> i mean i never watched the beckenbauer play he retired long before i was even born uh, <laughs> but i must say i still see the shadow of his mm-hmm. um so-called liberal concept mm. in today's football mm. of course the role of liberal has gone now um in modern football but his influence has become something people yeah. are now I think take for granted. For example, 
when teams earn free kicks and corners, the tall, strong centre backs would often take part in the attack. Yes, and there are countless cases that they score on those occasions. The、mm. most、um, mem- memorable one to me was、um, Sergio Ramos scoring、yeah. from a corner. <laughs> Mine too. For Real Madrid in the final、uh, minute of the Champions League final against Atletico, when Real trailed one nil. He's also going to go down, I think, as one of the greatest yeah, defenders yeah. that's ever lived. Yeah,、um, and.、Um, Beckenbauer's legacy was also reflected in some defenders' moves of,、um, I mean, dribbling the ball past the half line and initiated the attack. In modern football, when teams play more high pressing, sometimes central defenders need to step up and、mm. bring the ball to the front himself、yeah. and、uh, participate more in the team's offense. Another example here: Vincent Kompany's long-range shot that helped Man City win the title race.、Oh, here comes the, the City、pool. conversation again. Great, looking forward to this one. <laughs> Yeah, in that、uh, crazy Premier League、um, season,、yeah. all these tactics and roles of defenders today, Beckenbauer left his mark.、Mm. That's just、um, how great he was, truly、yeah. changing how the sport is played.、Mm. I think he was just a mold breaker. There's very few people, I think, in sport and in life that have the honor of changing the way people do things. I yeah, remember, that's true. I, I remember a line from, funny enough, that we're talking about this now. There's a great baseball film called Moneyball. I don't know if you guys have seen it,、uh, starring Brad Pitt、um, as the、um, Oakland Athletics baseball team、uh, like manager, and、um, he he also brought in this new style of playing、um, and this new style of scouting players, and he was after that season where he led the Oakland Athletics to like twenty、uh, games unbeaten or something. He was offered this ridiculous contract by the Boston Red Sox, and he said, "Look, if I go to Boston and win a title, great, another title for Boston." But if I win a title playing this way with this system with the Oakland、mm. Athletics, I would have changed the game.、Mm. Yeah, and that's what I want. I don't just want another title. I want to change the way this sport is played, and that's something that I think a lot of people chase but don't actually achieve. And this guy, this character、um, that Brad Pitt played, who's a real person, still hasn't、mm. achieved that. Yeah. But Beckenbauer, in his lifetime as a manager and as a player,、mm. achieved something that changed the game, which is、yeah. pretty remarkable. Yeah, that, that reminds me of.、Um, Stephen Curry, how、mm-hmm. he changed the、mm-hmm. NBA basketball、yeah. mm-hmm. with his three pointers. Yeah,、um, Francois Stein, like I mentioned in our previous podcast, that was popping over drop kicks from the halfway line on the touch、mm-hmm. line, yeah, yeah, doing yeah, something yeah. that people thought was impossible. Yeah, yeah I, I guess that's the similar way how Beckenbauer changed football. Yeah, yeah I'd have to agree with that. Looking at today's talents, I say in inverted commas because oh, I don't know what's happening with football these days. Where There's ridiculous sums of money going around for very mediocre players,、um, but I guess there are some pretty talented youngsters coming through, and there are some you know players that you know have not necessarily changed the game, but have achieved some pretty remarkable records that I think、uh, you know deserve respect as well.、Mm. Um, but when you look at the likes of Pele, Beckenbauer, Maradona, for me the only players. I guess I mean, of course, they're not at their peak right now, and they probably are a couple of years away from reti- retirement.、Mm-hmm. But the only players that enter that conversation right now for me are Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo.、Mm-hmm. But if we look beyond those two players, Yang Guang,、um, are there any players right now that are either on the up and up or are currently playing at their peak that even have a sniff of potentially reaching the levels of those iconic names? Um, I'll start from my side. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, don't I, see, I don't see it. I totally agree.、Um, I think, as you said, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo have reached those heights, if not even higher.、Mm. Especially Messi.、Uh, yeah. What he achieved throughout his career, I don't know if 
it can be replicated again mm. in the future. Once that World Cup win came, I thought, no, that that's it. I don't mm. think anything, any, any yeah. person will repeat yeah. this. For example, 91 goals in a year. <sighs> that um, was in 2012, right? <laughs> that was crazy, yeah. But in terms of being successful as a player and as a coach... Good um, point, good point. What Beckenbauer achieved was just... Um, mm even more incomparable, maybe. And from another perspective, talking about how a player can revolutionize football, as we talked about, uh, talked about before, I yeah. don't think Messi has changed football, like how Beckenbauer changed it, simply because Messi is not human. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, also, not- I don't know, but also, I don't know if, if Messi has defined a role. Yeah, I yeah. think the way that he plays football is inhuman, and he does things that people can't do. But I don't think he's changed the way people see a position mm. and Beckenbauer mm. did that I don't know if Messi has that on his list of accolades I mean his list of accolades definitely exceeds Beckenbauer's in terms of individual awards and team awards um, but in terms of revolutionizing a position and a way of playing I'm not so sure yeah I, I think Messi has done something not everyone can easily replicate <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it lightly yeah how many, how many Ballon d'Ors now <laughs> like eight Eight, eight. Oh, yeah. um, There are few things people can learn lessons from Messi because average people can't emulate mm. um, what he's done. But no. Beckenbauer, as a player with a superb talent, but mm. not the talent Messi's got, made it with his time leading concept of playing the role of liberal. I guess innovation is a better word to describe Beckenbauer as mm. opposed to Messi. Messi is a magician, and I think Beckenbauer was... Um, he was an innovator. But look... Uh, you know, I think to to wrap this up, um, you know, even though we didn't get to see um, the you know the brilliance of this man, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is a, a huge loss to the footballing world, and there are millions of people around the world that will be grieving this loss, and we do definitely have to say rest in peace to one of the greatest uh, football icons that the world has ever seen. Moving on to what we are focusing on in terms of this year and uh, one of the biggest football tournaments to kick off 2024, the Asian Cup is underway in Qatar. And of course, we'll have our you know eyes on Team China and we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. But are there any teams and players we should be keeping our eyes on as this tournament progresses? Yeah, I would say Team Japan is definitely the biggest favorites mm. among Oh, the title contenders. I More think. so than South Korea and yeah. Song Hyun-min? Yeah, I, th- I think no one would underestimate this team after they beat Germany on yeah. the Qatar World Cup. And just take a look at the records they had on their recent friendlies, and you'll see they're really at their best forms. 5 nil against yeah. Thailand. And they've got good players in yeah. key positions, right? Yeah. Like they've got, solid, they've yeah. got a solid spine, what yeah. I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. They're so got, balanced. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. 5-0 against Thailand, 4-1 against Canada, and 4-1 over Germany. Yeah, so Japan is just smashing every opponent yeah. they are faced with. on They're their rising so quickly. Yeah, and It's think- great for football to see some of these um, mm. nations outside of Europe and South America, I guess, yeah. that are on the up and up because I think it expands the... I mean, not that, <laughs> not that football needs expanding, but it's always great to see the sport at the national level getting more competitive so we don't just have the traditional five or ten teams competing. The, the number of teams that are able to beat superpower teams mm. seems to be increasing. Mm-hmm. And Japan is in that, yeah, on that, on that list. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I think they, the, the rise of these Japanese teams is actually pretty inevitable considering how many talented players they have on, at their disposal. Mitoma Kaoru with mm-hmm. Brighton, Takehiro Tomiyasu with Arsenal, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Daiichi Kamada with Lazio. And yeah. uh, most importantly, they are not only just showing up the, in these teams, they're playing actually very important roles in their respective teams. Yeah. So, yeah, I think with such excellent players... And, Japan's uh, your, your yeah. team. Okay. Yang yeah. Guang from your side? Yeah, I, I think it's beyond just Asian Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the first non-European, non-South American team that winning the World Cup can be Japan. Okay. They're growing so fast mm. and uh, to, to the level that um, can be compared with Germany, um, some top European teams. I mean, it's really unbelievable. Mm. But um, staying with the Asian Cup, I think the top stars remain um, not only within Japan, but also South Korea. Spurs will miss Son Heung-min, of mm. course. Wolves will miss Hwang Hee-chan. Bayern will miss Kim Min-jae. Yeah. Will they? Kim Min-jae. <laughs> they will. Are you, are, you, are you a fan of his? I've, I've been a bit underwhelmed with his Bayern performances since he left Napoli. But it's always good to have um, a, a solid player yeah, yeah. Yeah, as option yeah. on the bench. True. The list has grown in recent years. So yeah. this year's Asian Cup, I would say, is the most star-studded edition. Yeah. And a surprising fact, the last time South Korea won the Asian Cup was still 1960. Wow. They must be motivated to win the trophy yeah. again after over 63 years. And uh, they just won the Asian Games title last year in Hangzhou. Even though it's a rather less important trophy in terms of um, the competitiveness of the tournament, South Korea must gain confidence from that glory, and yeah. uh, it could help the team go deep in the Asian Cup, uh, potentially all the way to the final. Okay, we now have a Q&A lined up. Uh, we spoke to Nick Tanabunchai, who is the sports editor of The Standard in Thailand, and he provided us with his thoughts on Team Thailand's preparations for the tournament, as well as which players and teams to look out for. So, Nick, I know you've been following um, Thailand's preparations for the Asian Cup quite closely. I've seen on your Instagram, you know, taking photos of the players and, you know, you've been around the squad, which must have been uh, pretty exciting. But what have you made of Thailand's preparations for the tournament? And do you think they have a shot of potentially going all the way? Yeah, I think uh, I've been following the team for quite a while now. But uh, Thailand national team is going through the transition period, coming from the... uh, old head coach his name is uh, Mano Poki mm. and he just like resigned it like part ways with the national team like at the end of last year and then this coach came in um, Masatada Ishii the Japanese coach which has a lot of experience in Thailand and also Japan because he won J-League and he also won Thai League before it's a bit of a transition period and he have a very little time to prepare for this tournament because the camp just started like beginning of this year he just had like one friendly tournament, uh, one friendly games with Japan on the first day of 2024, which we got beaten by Japan 5-0. to zero. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a transition period, but uh, we are hopeful to see some changes for the Thailand national team. And yeah, we basically have a lot of players that are still interesting. But we're not really hopeful that we will go deep into the tournament. We just hope that we will see some changes and could get some few uh, wins or some some points from the, from the first round of the tournament. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a transitional period at the moment. So I guess it would be unfair of Thailand fans to be expecting too much. Um, but yeah, I, you know, um, just as a neutral, I hope that we do see some improved performances and a style of play from Thailand. So it should be a very interesting tournament from them because... 
people don't really know what to expect from them, I suppose. So it, it, they should be quite an exciting team to watch. But looking at the tournament as a whole, Nick, um, you know, of course, there are some very impressive teams and players that will be, you know, uh, on display. Are there any teams or players that you'll be keeping your eye on? Well, to be honest, uh, from my point of view that i watching it from Thailand, I think the this Asian Cup has actually generated a lot of interest, mm. especially in Thailand, Western media, as I'm as, as I, uh, checking out, like following the, the tournament. Because I think after the World Cup in 2022, when the Japanese and the Saudi Arabia, when they stunned the World Cup opener, when they beat the Argentina on the first game, I think there has been a lot of interest generated for this tournament. Yeah. As the, we have like, a, I think we have like 19 players from Europe and seven players from the Premier League, like Son Heung-min and a lot of interesting uh, key players from the yeah. European club that come join this tournament. Yeah, there seems so to be more quality this year, right? Um, across the whole tournament, which is pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, so I think this, this Asian Cup could generate much more interest than before. And especially for the Japanese team that has been, you know, when Thai team went and play on the first day of the, of the year, they actually a sign from the fans that wrote up like King of Asia from the Japanese side of, uh, of, of the stadium. So this will be interesting because, you know, Okta, the statistic company, they actually predicted that Japan has the chance of winning this tournament like 24.6%, which wow. is the most. Yeah. And they have the highest FIFA ranking in the, at the 17th of the world. So Japan will be the team to look out for. And this Asian Cup tournament could be something that they can put like a certified stamp on that King of Asia because they are the most winner also. They won like four times already yeah, yeah. in this tournament. They are the most winner. So Japan will be a team to look out for. And also the player like uh, Ali Asmos, the striker for the Qatar, the host of the tournament. Last time he scored like nine goals and yeah, they got the, they're the previous champion of this, of this tournament. So he'll be a player to look out for us. And also Adi Taremi from SC Porto for Iran mm. is also one of the contenders for the you know, top scorer for this tournament also. So this, these are the players and team that I will be looking out for. But for the manager, I will, I will be looking out for uh, Roberto Mancini. Oh, right. Because in this Asian Cup, like the highest stars of the managers will be him. Yeah, yeah. He just won the European tournament with Italy. And if he can do it with, uh, with the Saudi Arabia, he'll be like the third manager that won like two continental trophies. Nick, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll chat again soon. Uh, Tianyu, uh, you know, we know China had a very tough year in 2023. Do you think they have a chance of causing any upsets or, you know, potentially having relatively high amounts of success this year? Yeah, I think we, we all have mixed feelings about this team. You know, we, <laughs> it's really unrealistic to count on this team to win a title. We want to see if the team can at least make some breakthroughs in this tournament. Mm. Yeah, the rivals of this Chinese team uh, is, is team Tajikistan, Lebanon and host Qatar. Is that, I, is that their group? Yeah. yeah they should I be think, able to get through that. Yeah, you? I think it's fair to say that this draw is probably the best uh, yeah. the team could have as yeah. they are not very powerful rivals. I think it would be a huge letdown if they don't at least get through the, the yeah. group stages. Maybe yeah. that should be their target, just at, at least get through yeah, the group stages. Yeah, let's just see if this team can at least make some improvements yeah. on this new coach. Yang Guang, what do you think their prospects are? Uh, China progressed to the um, quarterfinals in the last edition of the Asian Cup, so I guess 
that's where the team should target this year. Yeah. So is that is that after the group stage as it goes to the quarterfinal? Yeah. Okay. Um, I watched China's World Cup qualifier against the South Korea in November. Um, have to say, China is not on the same level with South Korea at the moment, but um, the Chinese players did showcase a good fighting spirit mm-hmm. in that particular match. I think that's what matters the most now and what coach Jankovic has taught mm-hmm. his team since he took charge. Um, he actually said Team China was ready for the Asian Cup and the players were in good form. Yeah. Um, but uh, I must say I'm worried about China's current status after a recent friendly loss to the Hong Kong team. Yeah. That was just Depressing. shocking. Um, of <laughs> course, the Hong Kong squad underwent tremendous improvement under coach uh, John Anderson. Hong Kong broke into the last four at Asian Games last year, but still... It was Team China's first loss to the Hong Kong team in 38 years. So that was definitely a wake-up call for the Chinese team. Yeah, look, I think they should target to get through the group stages. And one of the beautiful things about a knockout tournament is once you get through those uh, group stages, anything anything can can happen. happen. Yeah, Yeah. so I think if China get through to the quarterfinals, it should be very interesting to to watch their progression. But that being said, um, considering how tough 2023 was for them, Mm. it could be a challenge. But of course, we are wishing Team China the very best of luck and we will be watching the Asian Cup very closely indeed. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic and we'll see you then. Mm.